When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On SEM track. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech drive the Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. Mornings on SEM. Making sure that these sorts of things don't happen again means working. And you would have heard FA have announced a, a task force in relation to this moving forward. And we need to work with all of the stakeholders. So security. You know, the, the derby was an away game for us. The security certainly wasn't um, controlled by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to work with security, police, the stadium, the league and Football Australia to make sure that we're all on the same page of eradicating this sort of behaviour. I think it would be remiss to, to say, whilst that was absolutely deplorable, 99.5% of Melbourne Victory supporters and members have never put a a foot wrong. So I want to be really careful in not lumping in the people that have always come and supported in a safe manner with with those that did actions that no one could ever condone. That was Melbourne Victory Managing Director Caroline Carnegie on Sports Day last night. As I welcome in Daniel Garber as we discuss, uh, I guess, the reaction uh, to the punishments handed out to Melbourne Victory yesterday. Uh, Garby, happy new year and thanks for your time again. Thank you, Jules. Good morning to you, mate. What was your initial reaction uh, when James Johnson announced those sanctions yesterday? Oh, expected and warranted. Uh, not surprising. Um, the fines are hefty, $550,000 in total. And that's no small amount for an A-League club or any sporting club in Australia to cop. Significant, but probably justified when you consider what transpired in that Melbourne derby. And then from a sporting sense, uh, the 10-point penalty, which is suspended. But if there is any further fan infractions over the next three years of a serious nature, um, that penalty is likely to be imposed. And then also the bans on fans behind the goals in the active area at Melbourne Victory fans for the rest of the season and also away fans as well, which heavily affects the atmosphere at Melbourne mm. Victory games, which they need right now. I mean, they're struggling, sitting second bottom of the, on the table. They might even be bottom now after the Perth Glories win last night, which is hard to fathom. Uh, but they're a club in, um, in disarray at the moment on and off the field. But uh, I thought uh, they were warranted. I think Football Australia and James Johnson have dealt with this really well. They were swift and firm from the outset. Uh, the Melbourne victory didn't want a leg to stand on. They didn't have one either. And I think they've uh, copped the penalties and, and they're just keen to, to try and move on now and uh, and rebuild their club. Yeah, currently bottom of the table, as you mentioned, after that win from Perth last night. Was there any surprise that there wasn't an immediate point penalty uh, implemented, which we've seen in, in other leagues around the world? Are you comfortable with the suspended 10 points? Yeah, that wasn't something that was uh, required from me. If it was imposed, I don't think, again, there would have been too much criticism of that. But the, the fine is, is significant. $550,000 is a huge fee to pay as it stands. And I think the bans around fan involvement has been 
significant as well. Then I guess you can make the argument, Jules, why punish everyone? Rather punish those supporters. And if you are putting bans on fans behind the goals, of course that affects the club on the whole, but it really does punish those supporters. And the bans on the fans who actually carried out um, that ridiculous act that night, that abhorrent act, they've been significant as well. I think 17 people have been handed bans uh, ranging from two years to life bans, and there are more to come, according to James Johnson. To me, that is the best way to go about it. You actually punish those individuals rather than, as you heard from Caroline Carnegie a moment ago, 99.5% of fans who actually do the right thing. And they would be punished if their team copped a further penalty. In the future, for sure, the victory fails to get on top of their active supporter base and uh, or ultra supporter base, I should say. It's not even the actives. It's the ultras within the actives mm. who do this sort of nonsense. Um, if they fail to get on top of that, then by all means. But uh, no, I think it's probably been the right decision-making on that sense. Had a caller before, Jason from Bendigo, speaking to Daniel Garb, a football journalist, about the punishments for the Melbourne victory. And he's not the first person to ask this. Uh, Jason, I think ever since the incident happened on December 17, it's either come through on our 40 Winks uh, temper text machine or people have called through. Can you just explain why in these situations that Mm. it's the club as well as the individuals that get punished? A lot of people say, well, why should the club be punished uh, Mm. for a few idiots that uh, cause whatever disruption it is. Can you just explain why the club also cops a penalty in these situations and we've seen it all over the world? Yeah, it is harsh at times, but at the same time, a club does have a responsibility with its active supporter group to have a strong relationship. And that relationship also revolves around club behaviour. And sometimes the club is powerless to stop idiots. And it's not just in uh, football it's in all codes i mean you can't account for for idiots and when people do stupid things like shout out derogatory derogatory statements at at sporting games in any code i mean the club is the one who who ultimately cops it um but they can't really control it in that sense but i think when you have a a large active supporter group you have to have a strong relationship and it's paramount in the a-league these supporter groups on the whole have added a lot to Australian football. Let's not forget the great moments of the Melbourne victory, mm. the great moments of Western Sydney Wanderers when they were winning grand finals and winning derbies and there's massive crowds and everyone's going nuts and you sit there in the grandstand and go, wow, how good's this? That's fantastic. But at the same time, you can't allow for these people to carry on in the manner in which they did. And that relationship is really important to have a knowledge of which people are in the supporter base and if there are things going on, which there have been for a number of years, to weed them out. And perhaps a couple of clubs who have um, people who do this regularly have not Mm. been weeded out quickly enough. And this hopefully puts a stop to it and forces clubs to be well and truly on top of this sort of behaviour to ensure it doesn't happen again because they know if they're not, they are going to cop it financially and uh, in the sporting sense as well. Is, is part of it also punishing the club as well? Is it, is it meant to be a deterrent to the fans? Say, so, okay, if you're going to carry on, the club that you love is going to punish, is going to suffer. Yeah, the, the problem here is I don't think these people are actual fans. That's the issue, right? Is that some of these people, these the, the hooligans who ran onto the field, they're not actually supporters. They just want to cause trouble. So that's the issue you have here. Do they actually care about the game? I don't think those people who ran onto the field actually cared about the team or about, or about the game. They care about themselves. They care about being part of this movement, which is antisocial, and it's the minority. But they don't care about what actually goes on with the team. Uh, maybe a few do, but I think on the whole, mm. 
they just love being a part of something that's a bit of a gang in a way. Um, and, you know, if they want to sit there and, and create that active supporter vibe at, at games, that's fantastic. We relish that and encourage that. But when they go beyond, like they did uh, in the Melbourne Derby, well, they're not welcome at games. And yes, it is um, certainly on the, the club to try and ensure these people aren't part of their supporter base, as difficult as it may be. So it's also announced yesterday that uh, the FFA are going to set up a task force. They're going to look at, you know, aspects of crowd behaviour, including the, the smuggling in of flares to stadiums. How difficult is that going to be to police, to, to try and make sure they don't get smuggled in? I mean, that seems like that's going to be hard work. They need to look at it, but it's going to be hard. I'd imagine so. I've never seen a flare in my life, Jules, apart from on a boat. So I don't know what they look like or how you go about bringing them in anyway. Um, I no desire. I don't understand why people do have a desire to bring them in. But, yes, they need to get on top of that. And that's the sad part of all of this is that, as I said before, it's such a, a competitive advantage of the A-League and football in this country when you have the active supporter groups. They add so much colour and fanfare and music to games. Um, but the issue they've had for many a year is the relationship with police. And the authorities have implored police to understand that football culture is different to other sports and to let fans behave in what may be a different way to some other codes in the country. But then they go and do that nonsense at the Melbourne Derby and then all of a sudden, police have to be more vigilant and they have to um, impose more threats and have more of a presence that perhaps stops some of the active supporter group. And so you dial it all back again and you're back to square one. And then the fans get frustrated and the games don't look as colourful and you've got this whole overriding issue. But you have to do it because you can't have the incident that we had in the Melbourne Derby. So it's just a constant problem that unfortunately has taken us three, four steps back. I must admit, I was surprised. I just expected that Melbourne City would be handed the three points from that derby. Now they're going to... Well, replay is not the right word. They're going to recommence the game uh, from the 22nd minute in April. uh, City winning 1-0. Is that... Did that surprise you? That did a little bit, yeah. That was the part I read and I went, wow, that's that's interesting. That's unique. Um, But it's a big game. Hey, maybe the broadcaster had a say. It's a Melbourne derby. They pay a lot of money. And uh, they would want a full 90 minutes of a Melbourne derby. Maybe they said, no, we'd like this game to be played again. And everyone agreed, all right, well, that's important for everyone too. So there's a lot of factors involved in a decision like that. I don't mind it, but I was surprised by it. Yeah, that surprised me as well. And that's uh, coming through pretty strongly on our 40 Winks uh, temper text. Garvey, thanks for your time, uh, just summing that all up for us. And uh, we'll speak again soon. And uh, once we speak next time, it'll be more positive in the world of football, I hope. Let's hope so. But just on this, just to finish, Jules, like, you know, this does not sum up the game in Australia on the whole. It sums up some idiots at a couple of clubs in the ultras of of the A-League. That's it. The game on the whole, fans are largely well-behaved, be it at junior level, be it Socceroos, be it Matildas. The game's over a million people involved in this country. And, you know, we shouldn't let the actions of a few idiots tarnish the entire game, which has led to some of the commentary around it in, in recent times. That's been disappointing. I think we should maintain some sort of perspective on that. Yeah, well said, Garby. Uh, thanks for your time. We'll talk again soon. Daniel Garb, football commentator, football journalist, discussing the Melbourne victory. Alan, stick on the line. We'll get to you on the other side. He wants to have his say on the Melbourne victory. This is mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. Red Energy, owned by Snowy 